On this episode of the Nas Deluge, we're doing a smorgasbord, which means that we're just going to be talking about random things that we've been looking into lately. Some of the things we talk about in this episode are dreams, tarot, symbolism, Dune, the foundation, and Game of Thrones, and why it's so hard to make a book into a movie. Also, we even talk about um, some Masonic rites and the pyramids. We also get into what we're going to be discussing at the beginning of this next year. So sit back and enjoy. All right, Brandon, let's do the smorgasbord. Greetings, Mark. I'm glad to be here. Smorgasbord. Yeah, we haven't done these for a while. Have we done one for a while? No. No. Yeah, I mean, the last one, you know, we kind of did uh, an episode a little bit ago where um, we did a kind of a hybrid. Mm-hmm. I, re- I think I remember that, yeah. The one that we did on, let me just look real quick. Like, it wasn't truly, like, a... It was a recent episode. Oh, it was our dreams one. The second one. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, I see. So, hmm, we kind of were... Uh, kind of tied... Um, so, it was our uh, episode 61. Or no. It must have been. So I thought about our dreams uh, episodes we did about the little research we did, we went we got into about that. I actually thought I was in a dream the other day and I wasn't. Really? Yeah. And it was real life. Yeah. It was that good, huh? Well, no. <laughs> so I was kissing my wife. And no, it was no. So nice. It was such a wonderful experience. No, it's too many things were going wrong. Oh. And too many things seemed like coinc- like too like coincidental. Oh, I saw it over here. It was just like this has to be a freaking nightmare. Yeah, it was one of those days that like it was the morning. I got up in the morning, and it was like everything that I had tried to do wasn't working the right way. I was getting frustrated, and then I took a shower and I went and got went into my closet and I was pulling out my clothes and I wear these I wear these socks that have like little symbols on the left yeah and on the right right so you can find ones that match well so like I have my my because of Christmas coming up I've been paying my kids to fold my clothes for me right okay so and that's because of Christmas coming up yeah why because they earn money I'm sorry they okay. want to earn money so they can buy, buy gifts presents. and stuff. Oh, okay. I gotcha. So I've been giving them chores to do, and one of them was like, well, if you want, you can fold my clothes for me. So. Oh, great. Yeah, kids matching socks. Yeah, horrible, right? <laughs> so, and so the thing about these socks is there's one that goes in the right and there's one that goes in the left, right? Mm-hmm. And so I'm going through my socks. I have this whole pile of socks, right? And I start pulling through it. I grab the first sock and I open it up because they're folded. I open it up and it's two rights. Yeah. And I'm like, Ugh. so I put them down. I'm like, okay, the odds are I'm going to pull the next one up and there's going to be at least one of those will be a left. So I open the next pair and they're also two rights. Two rights. Don't make and I wrong. put them down. I grab the next pair, open it up, two rights. What? Yeah. And I'm like, hmm, 
Like, did you did you pinch yourself or do I, any of those things? I actually you... opened up a fourth pair of socks, opened it up, and when it was two rights again, I'm like, and because of the way that the morning was already going for me, and like, like it seemed like just it seemed a little off. It dawned on me at that moment. I'm like, I'm in a dream right now, and I've been trying so hard to like become aware of my dreams, mm-hmm. right? And I've been trying so hard to like um. I have a few other instances that happened before this that I, I haven't mentioned at all, but like I have a few other dreams where like I, th- I was trying, I I was aware that I was in the dream, but I couldn't like become conscious. Oh, that's cool though. That yeah. You're at least aware that it was a dream. Right? Yeah, yeah. So I had that happen like a few days before that's this. That's supposed to be the start. I had a, I had this happen a few days before this, and I, and so this, and so at this moment, I'm in my closet. And no one was awake yet, and I thought it sh- everybody should be awake, and but no one was yet. Like everybody just happened to sleep in the same day, right? And everything just seemed to be off. And I pull like four pairs of socks in a row that they were all right hand socks, and I just said, "I'm in a dream." So that must mean that you have at least eight pairs of those socks. Yeah, I have. Yeah, I I get I, mean, I get weird with. I have like twenty or so pairs of these. Like, yeah, I don't like doing okay. laundry, so I have tons of like. So no, it wasn't like these. Yeah, so it was just odd, and so I ended up pinching myself, and like I ended up realizing I was a fool and I wasn't in a dream. Anyways, yeah, so yeah, I don't know how that came up, but I I thought I was gonna. Be, I thought I was in a dream the other day, and I wasn't. It's because I think I have spent so much time. Also, like, am I in a dream right now? Well, that's good you though. Know, at least you're trying to. At least you that in had real a situation life where you're like, okay, this is a good uh, chance to ask myself, is this a dream? Yeah, so, I had I had a few. Hey, if you're if you're asking yourself it in real life, maybe you'll yeah. program yourself to ask yourself it in a dream. That's right. I think no, that's right. And I remember we talked about that. We talked about. Oh, that's how this whole came up. The whole thing came up because we mentioned that we talked the about dream, the sixty one. Yeah. And, um, but like, um, like a several weeks ago, I actually had two different dreams where I was in the dream and I'm like, this is a dream, but I could, but I wasn't, you weren't able to do anything. Yeah. You just realized it, but didn't change anything. Yeah. And in fact, um, the second one, the second, the first one, I, I actually woke up soon after that. The second one, um, I took note that I was in a dream and I, my goal was to try and like become, become in, in control of it. And like, I soon forgot. And all of a sudden it was a regular dream. Oh, but like, uh, that's what they, they talk about that in the book. And I woke up, I woke up from it later and I'm like, wait, did I, that happened? Right. I met, I, I, I figured I was in there and then like the dream kept on going and I all of a sudden was like, the sub I was the subject of it all of a sudden instead of like the uh you know I've had dreams recently where um it's like not me, you know, it's a different person. Kind oh, of. wow. Yeah. And so that's kind of weird. I just have noticed that I haven't really had any kind of thing, but it sounds like you're at least on some kind of road to progression, possibly. Yeah, I haven't I mean I'm saying yeah. if if you're being made aware, even if you can't control it, it's like you're not gonna be successful. And they talked about that a lot of times, like that one that I talked about where I'm like, Oh, this is a dream and I can fly or you know, because I wanted to get tried, it. You and all of a sudden no, then all of a sudden I woke up. That's right. Yeah. 
So yeah, I think it's probably normal. Because um, there's a whole thing. And then they talk about, too, getting lost back into the dream. Anyway. Well, I mean, I'm glad. Yeah, I'm still trying to pay attention, but I just haven't had. Haven't been writing them down and stuff. It takes a lot of um, commitment. And that's one thing that I, I think, not myself, but yes, it's true for me as well. I think that we all, a lot of us just really suck at commitment. Yeah. Because I just like. You can tell, you can ask all my ex-girlfriends. Yeah. Because um, I actually also, not, not, not to mention a fourth or a third dream. But I also ha- I also had a dream recently where it was pretty interesting, and there was some, um, and I right when I I was you know when you're when you're like halfway waking up, but you the dream's still going on a little bit, mm-hmm. but you realize you're waking up. Yeah. And at that point, you have to decide whether to try and keep on staying in the dream, or whether to just wake up. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, I had that moment, and I thought to myself, okay, that's right. I need to write these things down. But instead of writing, no, I, I didn't. I didn't say that. I said, "Okay, I'm going to remember these things." And so I went through it as I was still in the very end of the dream. I was listing out all the things that had happened in the dream. Okay, remember this. Remember that I did this, and I somehow thought that I was going to remember. You fool! And as later on that morning, I was like, "Okay, now I got to write those things down." Yeah, later. And I on. couldn't remember anything. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Yeah, good luck. So, um, yeah, that just doesn't happen, man. Yeah. Uh, yeah, later on, never, like, it's just amazing all how I much had you to, forget. Yeah, all I had to do was just, like, grab that book, that, that red journal I have that's mm-hmm. empty. All I had to do is grab that and grab a pencil, the pen or a pencil, because I actually don't have it. That's the problem, is I don't have a pencil there yet. I did, I think I moved it. That's the problem, is I didn't have a pen there oh. to write. But I just need to, like, yeah. So yeah, there's our, um, there's our in uh, unintended um, beginning follow up. follow up with the dreams. Yeah. There. So. Um, yeah. Well, um, wanted to kind of talk about what we've been looking into lately. Yeah. I think Brand is going into the dark arts. You think I'm so? I'm afraid. You think so? Give me an example. Like, what's your clues? I mean, I'm not, but what's your the clues? The tarot, dude. Oh. Yeah, well, not, 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 no, 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 and not even the darkness in no way. Um, I've looked more into it just because of, not because of the actual, um, the, well, first of all, my wife for quite a while now, she, um, follows someone on YouTube who does readings for a specific, um, I think she does it for specific, uh, signs. Mm hmm. And so, um, Anne has for quite a while now been um, watching this lady's uh, Gemini videos that she does. I think weekly. Um, so that, but so well, there's that. But the, the other thing is, is recently, with I've realized through learning um, and researching that the tar- the tarot actually has like. Um, the symbols in there aren't the symbols come from like Kabbalah concepts and stuff. Yeah. 
And that's one reason why I've gotten more into looking into the cards and stuff. Yeah. I've never done a spread or anything. You know what I'm saying? It's fun, it's fun to do. But yeah. I'm interested, I'm interested in it, but I've never done it. I, I'm more in, I have been more interested in like um, some of the, uh, the symbolism and stuff. Um, well, yeah, because I was, yeah. Well, you know, I was, I was just pulling out a card every day. Yeah, and and then it just gives you something to think about. It does, like because it's. I'm actually, I've actually been doing that as well lately be, over the last few weeks. Yeah, I don't know if that's considered a spread or not. It's, but, no, it's no. I don't do it for that. I do it because they're the ideas on the cards are just life things. You know that you're like, oh, you know, like uh, I'm trying to think of one. Well, you, um, you sent one yeah. to me a few weeks ago of yeah. the uh, Knight of Cups. Yeah, and it's just a idea of a guy. Um, and then also the the one I'm before that to... was what? The Seven of seven of Wands? Yeah, we got a few. The day before was a Seven of Wands. Um, yeah, the Knight of Cups. And then that was... <laughs> And so the Knight of Cups has this guy and he's holding a cup and it's this horse and he's kind of like straight up and it, graceful, not warlike, riding quietly, wearing a winged helmet, referring to the higher graces of the imagination. So for the so back... You, all you do is think about... So let me give you the background on that for those listening. This is actually quite interesting. So I don't think we intended to talk about tarot at all, but let me talk about the background on that. So... I had this event happen a about what was it? It was November fifteenth, so about a month ago now. I had this event happen where I was asked to do something, and it was quite uncomfortable, and I didn't want to do it. Yeah, and I had a lot of pressure from multiple people that I should do it, and it was something that was against what I believed in. And so, what I needed to do was find out a way to say no without causing a lot of conflict. Yeah, right. And so, Mark, it was the we we did our podcast the, the day yeah. before that, right? Yeah, and then I just so as I was getting ready to leave after we recorded the one that we did, I think on the dreams last, right? Is that what it was? Yeah, or no, it was the cave no, or the, the cave. Yeah. It was the allegory of the cave. So after we recorded that, as I was leaving, Mark pulled the um the seven of wands. Well, that was the next day was it? No, no, no. The seven of wands was the day oh. that I left. Oh yeah, yeah. And what it represented was one. It was a and the on the and the description of the card. Oh yeah, had one had a. I don't. I, mean, I don't remember what the picture that you sent me was, but um, the tarot, the deck that I there were six wands. Yeah, there was six there's wands. A guy, there's a, there's a guy, and on high ground, on high ground. Yeah, and he's got a stick, a staff, or yes, a wand, and then there's there's six other staffs, kind of trying to attack him but so he's yes got the, high the symbolism was conflict but to the, but that you have the higher ground right and that was really interesting because that's what i was going into just in a couple hours after we met i knew that i had to go and i had this challenge i had to basically i had to go into the gauntlet and meet a bunch of people and basically disappoint a bunch of people right and so that was really interesting the symbolism of that card yeah. Well, the next, so I ended up out. I ended up resolving the conflict very gracefully, right? Mm -hmm. without, yeah. And without going into any bragging moments here, I did a spectacular job. I I thought about it. I did the right thing. I didn't burn any bridges down. You just worked it out. Yeah. I worked higher, it out. Yeah. You yeah. were able to 
to just. And then the next day, Mark asked, Mark sent me a, he asked, next day you texted me and you said, how did it go? Does this make any sense to you? And you pulled the um, Knight of Cups and you sent me a picture of it. Yeah. I said, is this you today after your battle royale last night? Yes, right. Yeah. And you're like, I believe so. Yep. (laughs) So, and the Knight of Cups uh, symbolizes, Mark has a book that gives you, gives a nice description of what things like a nice brief and like what it could mean. And the Knight of Cups has something to do with um, what's interesting about the, about the, uh, the court cards too. The court cards are, you should take note that it might represent somebody. Right. Supposedly. Yeah. Supposedly. So the Knight of Cups meant victory, but in like a, it's, it's in a di- diplomatic yeah, way, graceful, not warlike yeah. riding quietly, wearing a winged helmet Referring to the higher graces. Yeah. You know? So it worked out pretty good. And so I thought it was pretty interesting. So that's our story. That's the story that I have. Um, that's the tarot story that I have. I thought it was really interesting. But I also have another tarot story that's more generalized. But I thought I was going to mention it for this podcast. Okay. So I'll mention it right now. A few months ago, we came. And so you guys, you guys are all going to, all of you listening are going to think that Mark's like really deep into tarot. I don't think he is, but um, Mark could answer for I that just, himself. Uh, no. He just kind of plays around with it and looks at things because it's really interesting. understand the symbolism. Yeah, exactly. Same thing as me. It's all like, it's all new to me. There's so much. I'm just like, I don't know what this is. So a few <laughs> months ago, before the last time, we, we before the story that we were just mentioning, um, we had a, an episode that we were recording and Mark did a reading before I got here. Oh yeah. And the um it was the charity spread, right? And clarity spread. The clarity spread. Yeah. I call it the charity. I think it's the way it's That's written right. in that book. So it's the clarity that makes more sense now. Yeah. So it's the clarity spread and there is an overarching theme. And the overarching theme was the death card. Yeah. Which I thought was interesting because um it represents uh like the changing of a chapter in a way. Well, that's one of the once one of the representations, right? Is the end of a chapter and a new and the beginning of a new yeah, chapter. The end of some, yeah. And I thought that was really interesting. And that I took I don't I never told Mark this, but that really impressed me when when he showed me the picture because I didn't actually see the spread. He, he he took a picture of it. But when you showed me that picture later on, that is exactly what I was thinking about this podcast. I'm like, you know what? We've been doing this for a few years. Are you trying now? Are you, are you ending this? No, but no. That's, that's that's the thing. Is that's <laughs> to most people they would think that the death card means the end, but that's not what it means. It means the end of one chapter, the beginning of a new one. Yeah, I know and that. I haven't, I haven't, sh- I'm not sure how to do it yet, and how we and how we should approach it. But I've been thinking we need to like try a few new things. Oh shoot! And so, and I was thinking about before that that episode that day. And so when you shared that, and I was looking at that, and I'm like, the death card, realizing that the death card doesn't mean the end, it means transition. Yeah. Right. Um, I felt that was super. Not to not to like make you not to both not to like make you feel a little not to praise you too much, but that was super profound. Right. Well, all I did. It's right. All you did was draw the cards, but and it was us interpret as as our interpretation that matters. And yeah, that's what I'm saying. I thought that was really profound, and that actually meant a lot to me. I went home, showed Anne the picture because you sent it. You, I asked you to send me the picture, I think, and you sent it to me. And I don't remember what the I don't remember what the other cards were. They weren't as um, I know. I was looking up the um, impressed. I mean, I was impressed by all of them, but um, let me have it in my photos. 
anyways, so ever since then, and, be, and before that moment, and then since then, I've been thinking, like, okay, me and Mark, and even in the, in oh, the episode that we, let me see what it you got. You got the death card. Yep. The, the ace of wands, which got new budding. The new oh, yeah. budding wand. I see that, yeah. And then you got the two, two of swords. swords, which I don't remember what that was. And then you have the four of swords. Four of swords. Hmm. I don't remember what the interpretation. We'll have to look those up. But I remember, so you got the death card, but then you got the wand with the budding. Yeah, exactly. That, that might be that might have played into my interpretation of it, right? Yeah. So it's like, well, it's just like when you with death, there's new birth. And so even to me and Mark, we we recorded an episode right before this, and it was the um, it will it was the uh, the Jasher Enoch one. Yeah. And even that, we've even talked, we even mentioned it a few times in that episode. We've gone over so many things, but the things is some of the things that we've gone over. It would be if only we would have known. We yeah. Well, if we if we went back over, we get a whole different. Uh, saying it totally different. Yeah, and I, th- so I think I think it's interesting. <laughs> I'm not so I'm not sure where, and we haven't talked about it. I'm not sure even if, but I'm just telling you about an impression I had that there was something, um, a new some new development or some new chapter is probably on the horizon with with this uh, podcast. I'm fully invested in doing it. This has been like one of the funnest things I've ever done, but um, like, I'm not sure how it will happen. If it will just be like taking, well, first of all, the, the next thing that we're, we're trying to tackle is fairly complex. Oh yeah. Yeah. This has a lot of symbolism and this, Oh, I saw that. Oh, the water burger. Yeah. It's a sticker. Oh, okay. It's not, well, that's even better. Yeah. You gotta keep it. But, uh, yeah, this, uh, there's a book by a guy named James Price. We talked about this before too, I think last. Yeah, we um, mentioned it before. But it's uh, it talks about the the book of Revelation in the Bible, but takes it from an initiation standpoint that that's what the sim- symbols mean. Yeah. Which is puts a whole new spin. Yeah, and then all of a sudden you start reading this. Like for me, it helped. It's like helped me understand better the symbolism of the old, the old timey symbolism. I don't know how to say, it. or the occult, all right, symbolism, yeah. whatever it is. Yeah, you know the old rites, the old, because you're just like whenever you read the Revelation stuff, it's like there's these seven. Mm-hmm. thing you know different things that happen multiple times and then there's there's this dragon and and then there's this lamb and then there's the the bride and then there's the whore mm-hmm. that we mentioned earlier or yeah. last episode yeah <laughs> i mentioned her but yes yeah, sitting on he said squatting on the water <laughs> the wrong word but but actually and i've listened you know, because I've read this book a couple times, and then I've listened to Revelation, and it makes a lot more sense. I'm like, "Well, there's a real dual dual duality going mm-hmm. on here." Yeah, where you actually have what happens is the the bad things end up reversing, and then everything's just cleansed and renewed, and then all of a sudden, you know, the like 
the sit Babylon becomes Zion. Yep. There's a whole So it's like this whole I can't believe how like little like I've never given you know, do you remember reading um Misquoting Jesus by Bart Ehrman? Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things that he talked about in there is he talked about how like frivolous sometimes some of the scribes were and how they made a lot of mistakes and stuff. Mm-hmm. And and they, or some of their margin notes ended up making it into the actual, like um, into the actual uh, words of the page, you know, on, you know, sometimes. And so I've always had this picture of like these people that write these things just being, I don't, I haven't really respected it too much, but if once, but if you consider trying to write down a an idea in 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 two different ways by using the same words, I can't imagine like that's a real like talent to tell a story, but then to like each word actually has multiple meanings and you can have a whole different store a whole different message there, right? That must take a, you know what I'm saying? That must take a lot of time. Uh, I don't even know how they would do it. That's why I've always been confused and been like, it's just coincidence. Or like, it's, yeah, so so it's more of like, a, like oh, rather than them purposely read, doing that, we're just finding this. it. Yeah. 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 But then all of a sudden, if somebody's able to lay out how it works, like th- in the, the case of James Price, you know, a pretty good layout of it, you're like, oh, Okay, that makes a lot more sense than sure. what I'm. I've been thinking, or I'm taught, or whatever. Yeah. So, like I said, it just it helps. Like, because I've never understood all the. You seem like you know more about like kind of astrology and stuff than I do, or any kind of signs. Like I don't, you know, like Leo and all that stuff, and. I never have paid attention or to any of that. So all this stuff's like confusing to me. And so reading this has really kind of cl- helped to clarify somewhat, you know, um, how this stuff relates and what it, what it means. And it's not that it's not like the, that the, the planets and stuff are the things doing it. They just represent something. Yeah. Yeah. You know, oh, I think it's fascinating. And I and that's another reason why going back to the tarot, that's one reason why I've been looking into it is because there's certain certain symbols in the Book of Revelation that actually represent are represented in certain cards, right? Yeah, and that's so, an archetype. Yeah, it's this total like you can whether or not it means anything to you now. You can like look at you can say, oh, when have I been like this, or when have I, you know. Yeah, yeah. You can it gives you something to ponder. I was thinking about it in our earlier episode we did. We we're talking about how um there's a point in the the Enoch story within the book of Jasher where it's this interesting part where um Enoch would he would like disappear and but using like using um cycles yeah. of time like cycles of the year or cycles of like astro- like ast- astronomy cycles right yeah weeks and then like a lunar one and then even a um a solar one right yeah and i remember when we were reading through that i was thinking about and i was trying to find it and i couldn't find it 
but there's lots of references to um, in the in the different religious, you know, or at least in, in these religious um, texts, there are lots of symbols of like uh, lots of references to the um, the sun and the moon and the stars. Yeah, and see that's thing something that I don't. I'm just like what? Yeah, and I was thinking about the um, there's this the card. It's the it's the um, the high priest high priestess card or the tarot card where she's standing on a moon yeah and then she's wrapped in the sun right or she has sunlight above her and all the meanings of that what this stuff means and if you're able to like piece some of these things out and then read like i was talking about earlier and then read through some of these older texts so we read through them today we read through these texts and we pull what we can out of them but what we don't have is the mindset that they had when they were written. Yeah, we don't have the insight into it because they had all these, these this stuff meant something to sure. them. Yeah, and we like, were lacking that. The moon, Yeah, they had this, um, I'm trying to think what kind of knowledge, just this cultural knowledge that yeah. was built into all the, all the religions. Yeah, and they're purposefully put into even aspects of their life that we don't have that we're not raised with i mean yeah we got you know i mean mostly girls follow astrology and stuff yeah, yeah. you know they always they always find seem out to their know. romance and stuff yeah they always seem to know like stuff about what it, what different signs <laughs> serious it's just like you want another yeah i'll take one of these you have one yeah one of these yeah but they always seem to know what what um sign you know is good goes with them or you know sagittarius or whatever but that's about as that's about the extent of of the thing because that was all done away with with the advent of christianity in Mm -hmm. the in the later you know the the cleansing yeah they're like okay we're doing away with all of this even though the symbolism still preserved in yeah Throughout like Ezekiel, you know, and and uh, Revelation in the in even the Old Jesus's Testament and the New Testament, like yep. he had, he does certain things that, but we don't understand it, so it just goes over our heads. And then somebody like Paul, like we talked about last episode, who's like, or you know, an, apo- an apologist, you know, who's just like laying out the matter of fact. And things, mm-hmm. but he even uses the symbolism too. Some of he it. does sometimes, like the sun, the moon, the star. Mm-hmm. You know the, yeah, and and different things. But but I'm saying we're so far removed from that. It's like that in the book um, on the Kabbalah, the Kabbalah Kabbalah Unveiled, I think it is, by McGregor McGregor Mathers. Yeah, he's like, how can you expect to understand? what the Hebrew scriptures say, if you don't understand how they think, what they, how they thought. That's yeah. Right. That's interesting. Yeah. I haven't, read that. Like, I haven't read that book. Or I don't own it. It's, but. it's, it's, it's a short, good book, but it's true. And it's like, well, yeah. So we're, we're, we're coming at it at, you know, so far removed. And then we just pick it up, open it up. And then there's all this weird stuff. Isaiah's just a total closed book to us. And, but you know, we don't understand the the politics, the the symbolism. But that's kind of the pattern of how. But that's an optional pattern, right? Or that's an optional. That's a way that it could happen. Is like so. Going back to the third or fourth time, 
Since the beginning of the podcast, we started off with some things that were interesting to us, and we've been adding more and more, and we've done cer certain um, topics like in different, like we've done like three or four different flood stories now, yeah, or versions of it. And so, but as time progresses, we start to see the patterns that we weren't able to see the first time. Yeah. And it's like, and then oh. our understanding too is by reading different stuff has yeah. been like, I, I didn't know anything like Plato, even looking at that or looking into philosophies kind of expanded yeah. it a little bit more. There's a quote by, um, I'm going to slaughter it. I won't try and quote it, but there's a, so I'll just paraphrase it. There's this old, you know, more about him than he, than I do. There's this old, older guy. His name is, um, Eliphas Levi. Oh yeah. And I pronounce his Dude, name. Dude, his book has a yeah. lot of good quotes. I he to... has this one thing that he mentioned, he talked about where I thought was really interesting. It reminded me of a Ralph Waldo Emersonism, but basically he talks about how if we were devoid, if the earth, if the world was, had become devoid of like all books and learning, as long as he had the tarot available, he can, um, he can bring it all back. Mm. Like he, the he would be able to use the tarot to. And I'm I'm imagining over time just seeing things, and he can bring it all back, and he can he can restore it all. Um, and I thought that was really interesting because that's one of the things that I really liked about um Emerson's um, he mentioned how you can look at, you can look at anything. The monad and yeah, and you can. That him? He he didn't say, but it wasn't he wasn't referring to the monad, but he was basically referring to a painting actually. But you can look at a painting and you can get the message that you need to get out of that painting. Yeah, you know, he said, "Well, it's all the, there for you to see." Yeah, but yeah. also that that also shows the power of symbols too. Sure. That, but that we've but we've lost the power to understand symbols although we're we're they still use them today you know on on logos and all kinds of different things yeah yeah that's right but we don't quite understand we're not as close to under you know that's right so yeah i don't know how we got in that but yeah that's um i feel like that was interesting and so but yeah we we are looking into getting uh into this next topic and i think Mark's told me a few times, so hopefully I don't slaughter slaughter what you're trying to say here, but I think the concern is making sure we do it the right way. Well, I want to make it basic enough to where we can talk about it and not have people going, what? You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, because so I'm, I'm sure people like, already say what, like enough. Yeah. I just want to go off on a rant about it's something. Like, but. It's just like, you know, to make sure, to make it simple enough. Because this guy's got like a lot of charts and stuff, and it's like, okay, we'll simple it down, simplify yeah. it a little more. But he, I just wonder, he says that in the preface, mm. he says, Apocalypse is a manual of spiritual development, which in the world today, you don't look at it as that. You look at it, the apocalypse, as a, pro a book of prophecy. Yeah. That's a good point. And so he's like, first off, you're off. You're already off there, right at the beginning. He said, uh, veiled in the symbolic language, um, the apocalypse relates to the mysteries of the early Christian society 
the esoteric teachings which it was not lawful to reveal so that's that's his idea so you have to craft it into a a, a um hidden meaning yeah and um anyway so he says through the long centuries the orthodox church has treasured this mysterious book and then this is interesting design for the undoing of orthodoxy so they've treasured it but they're it's actually designed to it's actually crazy. i remember reading that come out so there's there's just a lot of i had the whole mind blow mind blown gif above my, you know happen yeah when i read that cuz i remember thinking how clever and that's what I was referencing i think maybe even last episode we did where like when they were putting when the, when the when the people that were given the 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 go ahead to go ahead and compile an official canon of scripture yeah you know like to have to have some of them there to make sure that certain things got put in and to think that one of them is designed to undo what they were actually doing they were orthodoxed they were orthodoxing it right yeah, but if you if you even think of the Catholic Church, it's a it's a whole thing as a symbol, a whole symbolic underlying that was built into it. it yeah, very in, deeply. Like that, the whole thing's a symbol. Yeah, the whole and thing has two meanings. And you're just like, what the? What is all this weird stuff and all these rites? And you have like the surface meaning yeah that often gets in trouble with for like committing like inquisitions and wars mm -hmm. and then, <laughs> yeah. then you have like the lower you have all these you have this monastic side of it where people would like cloister themselves up voluntarily just so they can like um spend their lives doing things that others weren't allowed to do yeah um well even like but if you read like I mean, Dan Brown or something, you know, yeah, like, yeah. and that, not sure. that he's right about, yeah, what, he might, he, he might he's sensationalize talking a lot about of the it, mystical but... symbolism, you know, yeah. that he's hitting at least on the right thing there, that there was like all these paintings and stuff. And, you know, they're, there's their hands are certain doing certain things and they're, they're wearing the, they have the, the halo around their head for, you know, yeah. Who's out there. Some kid on a on a, a little more ATV, ATV thing, but um, oh yeah, he's going through the rocks. Have you noticed a little bit? Those are becoming more popular lately, like people getting those things. I haven't noticed. Okay, well now you have. But anyway, <laughs> so yeah, I agree. But the whole the whole point about um, Dan Brown. He got he 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 saw things. He decided he had like a mark. He he could, he can market it into a book, and but he and he might have been right on some of the things. Some of them don't matter if they're right or wrong. Yeah, but there is like an underlining um, mysticism. Yeah, to it that's that always been there. The average the average practitioner of Catholicism either knows nothing about or doesn't care about. Yeah, and so it's like you're reading through a book. And then, but then there's like a second layer to the book that you don't even know is there. That's actually um, that pattern follows follows through in other places too. You know, well, that was I was listening to Ruba mm -hmm. Philos, yeah, 
whatever's last part. So yeah, I never, I never, I never, I never even try and say it. But <laughs> he was talking about how in the Kabbalah there's, and in the Zohar, yeah, um, that they intentionally put layers on it. You know, I wasn't, I wasn't underst- I didn't understand. I, I didn't catch that it was an intentional layers. But yeah, there. Oh, I thought it. Well, it could be. No, no, no. It could be. I'm just saying I didn't catch that part. But um, yeah, that that that's one of the things that some people today have, or not today, but even because most it seems like most of it happened about a hundred years ago. But a lot of people they're taking these things that have the layers built on top, and they're trying to like take the layers off now, and find what's buried underneath. Well, see, the thing is that. Though people can go off and go crazy, like with Gematria and all this stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, where they're like, okay, you take the number, because Hebrew letters are words, and, or, that's the thing is, Hebrew letters are numbers numbers. also, and then you add them up, and then it's just like, okay. And you get six, too much. You get the meaning of 666. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, well, that's just, that's too much for me. To understand, I need basic, more basic, like simpler, you know, um, yeah, it's just too much. I'm not ready for that. I need milk, dude. Well, to a certain level, skim milk. To a certain level, you have to ask yourself if you should ever be ready for it, because maybe it's just all cruft. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. I think I, I'm saying, I think they, some people take it too far. You know, and that, the, but there, there can be a deeper meaning, but they, some people are overboard and they're looking for signs everywhere. And that's, that's the human, how yeah. we work is we're always looking for patterns. Yeah. You know, but we find them when there isn't, when we find them, if they're not, if we even find the ones that really aren't there. Yeah. Yeah. So, so anyway, I want to do this. But also, he has another book. I, I think I, I might have sent it to you um, about the initiation of Jesus from the, according to the the Saint John. Um, you did. That you one's did. really good too. And I'm kind of like, ooh, which one do we do first? I haven't read that one, or I haven't f- finished this one either. But I haven't read the the second one you sent me. I have read, so I'll be interested. I'll be interested to compare because I have recently read about the initiation of Jesus through the Rosicrucian records. What the Rosicrucians claim happened. See, where is it? Did you, you sent me that one, right? Um, the one I sent you refers to it. It's called the mystical life of Jesus. Cause that one about the thing, I was like, which one was that? The time. Oh yeah. Thing. That's interesting. That was like going, That's interesting. That was kind of to the point where I was like, I was like, thinking like people with with uh gematria where it's just like okay yeah this the, is way too like he's he was telling you to set up your from your birthday mm-hmm, the different you cycles know, different, different cycles i'm like okay this is for me the biggest value to that book was and mark's referring to the uh, book called fates cycles of fate or mastery i can't remember what it's called but it's by um spencer yeah. lewis um, the best, the, the too long didn't read of that book for me was something self mastery oh. and, f- and fate. fate with the cycles of life. Okay, I almost got it. 
So the, the most interesting, the most important part of that book was he really emphasizes um, the cycles, which is not something that you need a whole book to understand, right? That they exist, and I mean that's that's one of the that's one of the Kybalian principles is rhythm, yeah, right. But then um, it's also he also at the end of the book he goes over a a soul cycle, which is which really it's really comparable to the um, the, the uh, zodiac. Oh, okay, there's only seven. There's only seven. Faith, there's only seven um, signs. There's not even signs for it, but there's only seven types in the in his in the in the in the hermetic one. But um, and they're not they're not like they're not like uh, bound to any kind of like constellation or anything. But they, I've looked through it and I've checked all my kids's and mine and stuff, and it it plays in pretty closely to the um, to the common Western zodiac okay. one. So that was interesting too. But the he has a he has a chapter. I'm actually going to tonight. I'm actually going to te- tell my kids the story, the lesser known story of Christmas. Um, tell me the lesser. Well, it's known. too long and it's too controversial, probably. But I'll uh, tonight. I'm going to tell my kids. Let's let it be known that they will be hearing the story Does of Christmas. It involves Krampus. No, <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, but um. No, it, uh, but it, it, it's just the standard story of uh, Christmas, but with um, this told in a different, told with different f- quote facts, you know. So, um, but I got a lot of what I I got a lot of that from uh, his book, the mystical life of Jesus, and he just takes some of the things I thought were really in- he, he, interesting about it is he. Um, he claims he has access to these Rosicrucian records, right? That mm-hmm. are that are like go back thousands of years, and anybody can say that kind of stuff. Yeah, um, but one he has a few things. And people have he had, and they have. He has two points. This is good for this episode. I'll say this right now. Okay. He has two things that he that I have found that he says that he shouldn't have known. Yeah. Okay, what's your first point? The first one is there's a there's a lot of discussion early in the book about the Essenes. Mm-hmm. You familiar with the Essenes? That's yeah, actually where I read. Scene. That's actually why I read Josephus earlier this week. Oh, okay, because Josephus mentions the Essenes in a few points. So all we've known before the Qumran, before Qumran and the Dead Sea Scrolls was found, yeah, all we've really known about the Essenes. Were from a few writings found from Josephus, um, Philo of Alexandria, and another historian called Pliny, P L I N Y. The elder or the younger? I don't know. <laughs> I've Is, heard of them. I yeah, I don't know. Those are the those are what we know about the Essenes, and it was very little, right? I mean, Josephus mentions like three or four lines here and there about them. Yeah. And even two of them, he even calls them different names that are kind of the same name. Right. Like even Josephus didn't know too much. And he actually got one thing wrong about them too. Josephus mentioned one thing wrong about them too. So that's all we knew. But this guy, Spencer Lewis, in 1918, right, Mm -hmm. he wrote a whole chapter on the Essenes. This is like 24 years before Qumran was found. 
So now we know quite a bit about the Essenes because one of a few of the texts at Qumran were like their like order and like the rules of community life yeah and stuff their like their sectarian texts and stuff and like that so now today we know quite a bit about the Essenes and like kind of life they lived but he wrote about them in 1918 and he yeah, but where does cuz there's a okay and he was remarkably accurate about some of the things he wrote because there's tradition or i don't know if it's when the tradition happened where people were like well uh jesus was in a scene or well, john the baptist he, was from that's, he scenes. claims that john and jesus were both the scenes okay maybe that's where that idea yeah. comes from it's from the rosicrucians okay and so he talks about them and that's why he spends the whole time that's why that's why he spends an entire chapter and a half talking about the essenes because he wanted to, uh, he wanted the reader to understand Jesus, where Mary and the Mary and Joseph a little bit better, and the and the environment Jesus was born into, right, and also probably one reason why historians really can't find Jesus because everybody's looking for a Jew named Jesus, right? So it's a really interesting book. So he got that correct. He 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 had a really good explanation of the Essenes and how they lived. And and he ties them back to Egypt. He ties them back to the Hermetic um, lodges and the uh, Akhenaten's, um, the 18th dynasty Egypt. He does a really good job at tying it all together. But the only thing that, there's no footnotes in the book. He just claims they're from Rosicrucian records. Okay. Right? So it's kind of like, hmm. But, he, yeah. he, but he, if he gets a few things that he shouldn't have known correct, that was really interesting to me. The second thing he did is he talks about the and another he has a whole another book about it, but he actually talks about a little bit about it in the Secret Life of Jesus, or the whatever book I sent you I can't remember what it's called, but he talks about the Great Pyramid of Giza a little bit in there, mm-hmm. and he actually talks about things that we already know about. Well, first of all, there's two things that we don't know to truly, but he he mentions like the how the pyramid is laid out. And the different chambers in the pyramid, right? Which we know we can go. You can go. You can Google a map, and you can find. Yeah. And those things were available. Were available at 1920 when or 1918 when he wrote this. They were available at that time. Um, because they had found that you know people have mapped out the pyramid a long time ago. Um, but he mentions two things in his book that we don't know. He mentions that at the base of the Sphinx, there is a secret chamber. That goes down and it leads to a tunnel that leads to the uh, the Great Pyramid. There's that. There's that piece right there. Oh, it says again, it actually goes to the Great Pyramid. Yeah, because there's there's a tradition that at, that the there was records down there. From, sure, you know, like that's where the yeah, like the records of Thoth were supposed to be down under the yeah. Exactly. Thing. So there are traditions, and so he actually states that between the the feet of the Sphinx, there is a um, a secret passageway, which goes down, and it leads to a tunnel system that will lead to actually all three pyramids. But what's important for this story was the pyramid, the Great Pyramid in okay. the middle. So he mentions that, and then he also mentions, according to his description of the Great Pyramid. He, there's actually an upper chamber that he mentions as well that's not in the maps. What? Yeah. 
we have we go all the way up to the king's chamber and then there's a seven layer i don't remember what's called but the seven layer the seven different layers in the in the king's chamber that go up and up and up and um you can look in, you can find that on any pyramid map but the thing is is like he actually mentions the the last chamber that you go into during the initiation in the in the highest chamber in the pyramid it's the upper chamber and that's not a uh, that's not that's not that, that doesn't exist Un unless you are a conspiracy theorist or you follow They're hiding it dude well there's that but unless so as of the last few years people have done some radio oh yeah yeah and there's actually a hit there's actually a ch upper chamber that is not on the maps according to this technology that can kind of like shoot radio waves through walls and stuff they i forget what it's called but apparently there is a chamber in the upper part of the pyramid that's not being told that no one's admitting is actually there yeah graham hancock has a whole thing on he might he might i know that over the well, last like few like, years trying the guy's trying to get to go higher yeah and they won't let him yeah yeah and so there's that and i thought that was interesting that a guy in 1918 was talking about the up the highest most most chamber that's not on our current map so the pyramid too yeah and so I thought that. So I, when people, when people, how could he have known? Oh you know, yeah, there's that whole point. But and so my point with validating Spencer Lewis is, I don't know what these quote Rosicrucian records and sources come from, or how valid they actually are, and if they're as old as they claim they are. Um, I also understand. I I actually believe um, Ruba, who we keep on mentioning this Ruba guy, but Ruba actually mentions that. We'll put a link on. I'll put a link. Ruba mentions in one of his podcasts that the Rosicrucian, like all of these organizations, have become very much watered down. Yeah. And, yeah. So I I totally agree. I understand that. I'm actually, I actually get on the Rosicrucian. They actually, the Rosicrucians actually try and like, are actually actively right now trying to, actually trying to like get me to join them. Really? I get emails from a lady named um, <laughs> Marty, Marty or Mary. She's trying to get me to like join them. <laughs> Seriously, you're like, dang! I should have never gotten on this mailing list. <laughs> there's like a, there's like a, uh, there's like a. They have to They're pay, after you. You have to pay dues. It's like there's like a yearly fee, um, and so I, I haven't been like, I haven't had the time nor the um. Well, yeah, I'm trying to think of how Ruba said it. He just basically, they just kind of lot. They have, you know, there's. Just, yeah, it's watered down. Yeah. And they try and make it, and I think this is one of the things I like about what he was talking about. And this, you can find this pattern throughout all of history probably, is they take something that's really like small and like, and they try and like make it like available to like everybody. And they want to like make it so that it's like accessible and it's not, you know what I'm saying? And in the process of that, they, um, they kind of like ruin it. Like that's kind of what happened, and that's kind of what happened in Egypt. Like the the whole like that whole like um, initiation and all that stuff was only available at first for like the priests and kings, mm -hmm. and then when they when they try to like um, broaden it and give it to the masses, you know, 
and everybody started having their own books of the dead written for them. Well, and, yeah, you you, you, know. you have to first you get the watered down version because the it goes from the from the rags on the temple wall to the book of the of the dead. Oh, yeah, it gets smaller and smaller to the to, to the, the uh, cephalies and stuff. And yeah, the, the hypocephali that was just a little circle that they put on the yeah, you know. But it was what so all of a sudden it's just watered down, watered down. So you lose each time you're losing something exactly. There's a, um, there's a book that I've read, and a lot of people have read it. Okay, it's called, uh, and everybody knows about it. I mean, this is not like a secret thing. Everybody knows about this. There's a book, Dune, right? Yeah. And so Dune recently. Did you watch the new series? The movie? Yeah. I've I've or seen movie, it. I've seen it. I've seen the new movie. Yeah. Okay. So what's interesting is this. This happens with Lord of the Rings. It happens with all these things. Okay. There's a TV show called The Expanse. That's yeah. out. It's based upon the Leviathan Wakes by. Corey, which is actually two guys, but anyways, so um, this really this recently happened to me because I I was I liked I read Dune I was a fan of Dune and I watched the movie, and so that what what this happens to all books and all movies right? Oh, by the way, have you you know Foundation and Empire Foundation? Yeah, yeah. there's a new move. There's a new show. Yeah, we watch about yeah, it. Do you guys like it? it? I don't care for it, so it's okay. It it it, it uh it oh. actually ends up. I'll mention. Did what, you watch the whole? Series? No, I thought I thought the episode three. I'll mention what I don't like about it, and you probably have. You probably will tell me more. So this is what I'm saying about Dune, is you watch you you read the books and you love the books, and then you watch the movie, and then you go, oh, I don't. And then if you're a critic, like sometimes I can be, you're like, yeah, I just didn't like. They kind of really watered it down, right? That's yeah, standard. That's standard, right? <laughs> and so the first thing people say is. Well, they had to take a twenty-hour book into a three-hour movie. Yeah, that's the first thing people will say, and I agree with that. Except for, okay, fine, I that's true, but when you add things that aren't even in the book, it doesn't help, right? Like in in the Foundation series. Oh yeah, when yeah. Well. When you're at, you're completely creating. They're creating, creating a whole new story almost. Yeah, there's a god. The the Asimov uh, never spent a, so, nearly as long talking about the emperor, empire. the empire, the emperors, and their and yeah, like their cloning and all that. I don't yeah. even know if they had that. And so I understand like taking liberties and creating new things. And this is what I'm Cleon, getting with like water, the, the Cleons. Or... Yeah, this is what I'm talking about the whole watered down of religion. Yeah, but so it's one thing to lose it because you're going from the the walls of temples to the books to the hypocephali. Yeah, but when you add things, you're gonna lose more than you should have had to lose, right? Well, yeah, because there's gonna. I'm saying in that transition, there you gotta, you've gotta add something to make it work. Oh yeah, make it. You, well, yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. So you, there's gonna be stuff. Added anyway, yeah, I see what you're saying. Yeah, so like for like uh like uh, Game of Thrones, for example, you know Game of Thrones, like oh no, they had to like they couldn't put everything in. It's like, well, when they had to add a scene that wasn't even in the book, then you don't, I don't feel as bad for the people that had to write the the directors. Yeah, but when there wasn't even books or even the last book. What's his name? Couldn't finish. I'm only referring to the very beginning of the the books. I only read the, the I only read the first book book and a half. But so I don't know about the rest. No, of it, I listened, but. well, I'm just saying that he'd never he, like all of a sudden. I think he had two more books to write that he never got. He never did. 
Exactly. I he, think he I like, think so. Like what a weird they they beat like, the uh, the books to the Yeah, and then he he just gave up. Well, think like it's already written. Like they no, wrote but it, it it's it was so horrible. The end was this anyway. So Dune had things in it that I wished were in the movie and they weren't. And so I, I had the audacity to say, I wish they would have put that in the movie. And the first thing I hear was like, well, they didn't have time to. And then I say, but they had time to add things that were never even in the book. Yeah. So well, they yeah. could have had a little bit more time if they didn't add other things. Right. Yeah. So I'm just mad. Cause I'm like, dude, like we're now in this age where, you get a whole series released. Yeah, yeah, you have to wait. And all of a sudden it was like, wait, this is just a two hour movie? And I'm like And there's another one happened to come out too. Like in a cup in a year or two? I'm yeah. like, that's bull. I'm not gonna watch it. Yeah. It was good. I mean I actually Oh, so you, you know, watched the movie? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's good. I mean compared to the the one back the Oh yeah, with the, the with the, um with the police guy. Yeah. yeah. I can't think of his name. Sting, he oh, was in yeah. it. He, he played oh, his character wasn't even in his character. The character that he played wasn't even in this first mo- Dune movie. Fade Ratha, he played Fade. Sting played Fade Ratha in the old Dune, and that character wasn't even in the movie. Is wasn't in this first movie. I thought that was who the other guy was. No, that's his brother. Oh, okay. So he'll be in the second movie. Anyway, well, see the problem though. Yeah. <laughs> So with realism, so those are our, that's our pop culture references of Dune and 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 Game of Thrones and all these things, but um and Foundation, which I'll have to talk to you offline about if you like that movie or that show or not. But the thing is, is um so I can only imagine with like religious texts and with like you know these kind of things when they have to condense it over and over, um they lose they lo- they get they lose stuff, but then also if they if the political climate changes and they have to make, they have to add something to make yeah. things, then they, have, they even lose more. Yeah. So. Well, uh, it's, it's like, there's no, yeah, there, nothing can, have, can remain pure. That's just this world too. <laughs> just everything gets corrupted. You well, know, like it a, goes from like a state a, of yeah. order to disorder. Like, yeah. It's like a law. Dynamics. It's like it, it's a law. It happens. And it's just like, and then, you know, uh, then all of a sudden it just becomes the the frame of it you know of what it used to be it's just you know just not the frame but the skeleton no sure and it doesn't have the actual guts you know that it used to so it's been stripped down i like that and that's what you were referring to earlier about like big religious contexts is what everybody sees today is just a really like surface, um, and a lot of it's just a lot of it's just like ritual and culture. Yeah, you know, um, the 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 valuable things, and one another reason why people don't want to see the valuable things is the climate of today is a lot of people don't want there to be value to it. You know, we have a this is not a I don't think that this is a good climate for religion. Right. This is a very, you know, this is a very scientific, or at least people are claiming that it is um, scientific climate today. Though I, I have people tell me all the time that they follow science and they don't know the first thing about the scientific method, but 
Yeah, I think it's funny when pe- when everyday people are talking like they understand math. And yeah, science. it's like well, somebody else is telling you this. Like you're, that's the same thing as religion. When some like prophetic figure tells you what to think, and like, then it, it, yeah, and it's, it's like, like oh, that's that's the way it is. And it's like anyway, yeah, yeah. Well, so did you? Um, um, since I derailed everything, do you have anything else you wanted to mention there? Oh, I was going to say that that one book that was uh, the other one by. Um, my boy, uh, James M. Price, is called The Magical Message, according to Johanna, Johannes. Oh, I don't John. have, no, I don't know if you had to send me that one then. Brandon, this one, you're going to, it's, first off, it's, okay, so it's basically the gospel according, commonly called the gospel according to St. John. So The Magical Message According to John. Yeah. By James and Price. Does he spell it the same? Does he spell it the Greek way? Like like he did the other book? Yeah. Okay. Yoannis. Yeah. Yep. Um, that's cool. What do you have any background on Price? Like where I've I've yeah, he, he basically was a the- theosophist. Oh, okay. He actually wrote for uh the, their their periodical. Yeah, okay. The, what's her name? Uh Bolvatsky had actually had him run the Well she he quotes her a few times the, in there, uh, doesn't he? Yeah. Is this the right one he quotes her? Does he doesn't he quote her a few times? Uh, I Maybe it's like, I, I have a few books I'm reading. I've been does. seeing her name come up a lot lately. I well, yeah, she was the, one of the big I, well and this is the thing that, that uh Ruba Philos talks about is one of the big problems with the new awakening kind yeah. of with the the in the night in the twentieth century mm-hmm. at the beginning. I do, I do that too, by the way. Go ahead, because you're like okay, nineteen, but it's going to plus, twenty, plus so one. it's the twentieth yeah. century because it's already anyway starts at zero. Yeah. yeah, so the the awakening is that one of the big problems that happened was that um there had been that big loss of the christian or the hermetic uh secret occult Mm -hmm. stuff and so and then all of a sudden the east opened up that's right they start mixing it and they came and all of a sudden they're they and they started mixing it that's right he so does. I, mean, I actually heard the part when you, he said that. Yeah. Yes, yeah, so that's one of the things. He wasn't he's, dissing he's, the East. He was just saying that you can't mix them. They don't. Yeah, they don't. They're not just totally simpatico. Like yeah. they have different. They have different ways to enlightenment, basically. And his is like the Western is more for the Western type mind. The Eastern's more geared towards how they look at the world. And that's right. And you're, you're right. And so one of the things that happened was you had these people. Um, in that time frame that you're referring to earlier, they started going out and sometimes even sneaking into like Tibet and Nepal. Yeah. And they were trying to get um, some deep knowledge and find some hole, find some things that were holes on their side. Yeah. And then, yeah. Fill them f- in. Fill them in. And then, but they were, he, I mean, according to him, he was saying a lot of the stuff they were getting were just the, kids stuff yep because the same thing happened in the east that happened in the west is you only had the surface layer and it had become um like the mysteries were like deeper and hidden deeper yeah still yeah Yeah. deeper it was under it was an it was underground yeah 
as uh, Ruby puts it. It was an underground stream in the east as well. And so when you go there and you're only looking at the under, over, above ground, yeah, it's totally... It's, and you're like, whoa, right. this is totally new too. Exactly. Because it's, it's a different way. I mean, they have, they have their culture developing totally different so it's like holy moly well and we actually saw a we actually saw evidence of this when we did that when we did the doubt h inc one of our sources was crawley's version of the doubt h inc yeah and i think that's the i think that's what he might have been referring to you had people going over there trying to like um pull things and understand more and that was kind of that's probably what he's referring to that time period when I think and Blavatsky's work is a lot of um, pulling from India and from um, um, the Tibet and stuff. Yeah, I think another reason why they went over there a lot is because according to the Rosicrucians, one of the um, when they they had several like world they had said the the Essenes or the 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 great the 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 parent um the parent company kind of of who the Essenes came out of like the the source they had several locations that they dispersed throughout the world and one of them was in Tibet like they moved they they sent they had they had a, they had they they had a community in Egypt they had a community in Palestine they had a community in um they had one in like uh, India, mm-hmm. and apparently, and they also, and apparently, there was also one in Tibet as well. So I think I bet all these guys and ladies, if you include Madame Blavatsky, I bet a lot of them are like, oh, and they're like we got to go to Tibet because that yeah. place has been untouched. Yeah, it has been corrupted go. by the the Catholic. Yeah, you know, by the big big church and so stuff. they and ran over those there. Those records to... weren't destroyed, you know, because exactly. there's there's a lot of that. You know, I mean. Uh, just uh and you know just destroying of records to to make the orthodox church the only game in town jerks and that's i mean even this is part of the reformation and all that yeah. stuff it's like all those oh, different trying to break Asians and onzes yeah i mean they couldn't even have the bible printed you know the common yeah yeah but then again maybe that was you know what do the common people do with it? They just take it and look at it at face value. <laughs> That's true. So, I mean, yeah. I'm not, I'm not some kind of Bible elitist though. No, I sound like you are Mark, but cool. Yeah. I'm a Bibleist. You're a Bibleist. So that's that's a is that a decent summary of what you've been reading lately and a and a and a and a, and a um, foreshadowing of what we're going to try and get into next? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'm just trying to figure out. Like I said, I I just am not totally comfortable with symbols and all this, you know, stuff. And so this will this will be a good primer to introduce us and the audience to some of the symbolism, what they might mean, you know. Yeah, I agree. And uh, I don't know, could be fun, but it might be a little work on our part instead of just reading. You're trying to put something together. Exactly, to it would be more work. It. it would have to be more work and more like, yeah, preparedness I'm beforehand. To out. I'm gonna, I, you know what? What I'll do is I'll read through this. Oh, I've already, but then I'll look at that other one because that one with the Jesus one's really cool. Because it's just like when it opens up, it's like, well, first off, why the heck is John baptizing? Where does that even come from? That's not a Jewish thing. It's not. It's an Essene thing. That's what I'm saying. It's like, 
The Essenes weren't Jews. That's what no one wants but, to hear. Like, okay, so that's what I'm saying. Yeah. You're just like, wait. And so that's why he, but, and the, and this is the other book, the, the one that I was just talking about, where it's just like, this is, there's the washing. Oh, yeah. You know, the anointing with oil in different parts, the, yep. this, you know, and then the death of him, and then the actual, so it's this whole, like, and that's the rituals that are practiced in, like, whenever you hear about uh, Masonic stuff, mm -hmm. they're like, dude, you, you, you die. They put you in a freaking coffin, <laughs> right? <laughs> I mean, not you die, but they, they actually put you in a coffin. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, well, but that's part of the initiation ritual. And that's yeah. what, and that's supposedly what the story of, you know, from John is to, to show all that that Jesus was initiated and that he went through all the different points. Well, the thing is there's one the 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 the, the um great pyramid of Giza has different names. But there's actually outside of there's only one thing in it today. Is this is a bunch of chambers and hallways today. Yeah. The only thing in it is that stone box. Yeah, the sarcophagus. Yeah, right? that was that there was never any mummy in there yeah that was the only that's the only thing in there that people can that's the only like object in the, in the pyramid um it's just that stone box that everybody will just assume is there used to be some like pharaoh buried in there someday yeah. and kate and robbers took him out or something but um even though it doesn't fit the narrative at all because every other pharaoh that has been buried there's been like um the book of the dead written on the walls of the chambers and there's been like you know, all this, all like the, um, the, uh, the basic, the, the, yeah, they're actual tombs. The stories like. and the, and the, of the afterlife have been basically drawn and carved into the tombs everywhere around it. But in the Great Pyramid, there's just like this single lidless box, which assuming there was a lid at one point, but this, this box, hoping there, well, hopefully, hopefully there wasn't a lid because that's, a, that'll be a huge heavy lid. But, anyways, probably, you know, there's just one box with no, no afterlife story written on the walls yeah. at all. Nothing. Um, yeah. So yeah, it's interesting that you mentioned that box. I actually had not ever heard that before about the um, about the um, about the masons. Masons. Yeah, it's part of the it's part of their ritual. I actually snuck into a Masonic um, temple one time. You snuck in. Yeah. How did you give him a sign at the door or something? No, so we got invited to a um a a, di a charity dinner, and me and the guy that I was with, um, we got invited, and so it was in the basement though. Of the Masonic Temple. Yep. And I had to go to the bathroom. It was me either either me or him had to go to the bathroom. Was this the one over in Mesa? No, it's just in Michigan. Oh, okay. And so, oh, I gotta go to the bathroom. Yeah, I had to go to the bathroom, and so, um, I, I'm pretty. I didn't. We didn't know where it was, and so we started uh, walking up these stairs, and some guys like, well, wh wh "Where are you, uh, elders? You know, where are you guys going?" And I'm like, "Oh, I gotta go to the bathroom." And he's like, oh, "Okay." And he told me where it was. Like, just go up there and turn right. You ever I forget. So I did that, and as we're heading up, and after we went to the bathroom, we got out, and we're like, 
Should we keep on looking around? And there was no one up there. <laughs> Should we keep on looking around? You so, nosy people. So we kept on like walking around. And I remember being so scared that we were going to get caught, but we still did it. I think the person that I was, the guy that I was with was probably more of the instigator of it. If I, cause I'm not, that's not who I am. I don't do that. Kind of, I don't break the rules. Yeah. You know? So we actually kept on looking around and we entered this room and there was these blue curtains in the room and there uh-huh. was an altar in the room and blue curtains. Yeah. And um, there was also there was also some swords on the walls. Heck yeah. Yeah. And we we're like, dude, that's something I don't need to join. That's the uh, sweet swords. When we saw that room, it was dark too, so we didn't get a great view of it because there was no lights on. But we saw it, and we're like, oh! And we closed the door and ran back down to the. Yeah, you're like okay, this is. This we saw is enough. Far enough. We saw enough. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that was one of my most famous. That was my most exciting stories I've ever had when I was in Michigan. So yeah. Dude, swords on the walls, big old blue curtains, and altar. Yeah. That's cool. And I'm pretty sure the blue curtains had like symbols in them and stuff. Oh, yeah. It was dark, but I, I, I we talked about it later. Like, what, did you see this and this? And I think between me and uh, um, Bryson was his name, we uh, we think we kind of collected the different things that we saw in the room. And uh, I think there was like symbols in the curtains. And it was really interesting. I don't know anything anything about the Masonic Lodge, though. Like There's, other than what I've learned in the last few weeks of just reading certain things that are not about the Masonic Lodge, but just generally mentioned. Yeah. So, I I, I just somewhat recently listened to a couple books on it. That's cool. It's pretty interesting. Yeah, that's cool. So they put you in a coffin or a, in a, into a bo- into a box and to symbolize your death. Then. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So and then you're, well, we talked you're about that in the last episode. Taken out. Three. I'm sure they're not in there for three days. But I'm, we, don't, we mentioned oh, that in the last the, episode. You, yeah, that's insane. Jesus all, was Jesus was in his coffin for three days. Yeah, too. Yeah, that's insane. So it's all, but it goes throughout the the thing, and and so that you know the uh, at least according to it's just like he met he Jesus did certain things to meet all the criteria. You check the boxes off. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, all right. Well, that's long enough. Jesus. Yeah. That was long. We're that was our like, longest mortgage word ever, probably. Yeah. Hope that you enjoyed us going off on a few crazy rants. Yeah, we don't. Again, we we don't necessarily know what we're talking about, but <laughs> we're just kind of. These are things that we're exploring. Did you check to see if it, had, if it was a zero? Yeah, because yeah, if you have it turned, we got these die these Dr Pepper zeros, and if you have it turned, it looks like you're drinking a. It's all purple or the, whatever that color is. Yeah, I, I would say that's actually the Dr. Pepper color. Yeah, because Dr. I, Pepper color. They probably have it patented because half of it's half of it's black, and the other half is the Dr. Pepper color. So okay, um, so we're like I uh, said, we might not. It might be a little longer between this episode. Yeah, I don't know. We're working. We'll, we'll see, see what happens. But we're working on it. Yeah. All right. Um, may, probably talk to you. Next year, right? Yeah, happy, um, happy New Year, happy Christmas. Yeah, I like saying Merry Thanksgiving and Happy Christmas. No, Happy Christmas, um, and Happy New Year. Yeah, because it definitely, I don't, I'm, it definitely will be after that. Dude, you're gonna ruin your kids' Christmas this year. Telling whatever story you're planning on telling them tonight. <laughs> <laughs> you're like this is the real thing and there's no santa claus in this one kids that's awesome 
<laughs> I've already ruined enough. <laughs> All right, guys. Talk to you later. What?